0: What's up, family? You are tuned into Law & Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. In 2023, post the 2020 rebellions in response to the murder of George Floyd, law enforcement in this country killed the highest number of people on record, 1,152 of our people. So far in 2024, law enforcement has already murdered 98 folks. That's an increase of 47 since our last roundup. And we don't know most of their names. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen any mass marches, rallies, rebellions, or hashtags for any of them. Most of their families are grieving in silence and solitude. Police murders are just the tip of an egregious iceberg of transgressions against our people. Law enforcement serves as a militarized, occupying army in our communities and neighborhoods. They racially profile, sexually assault, and wrongfully incarcerate our folks. If we don't know what's happening, then we can't fight back. We can't adequately organize a response. So, Law and Disorder is committed to providing regular Thursday roundups of news each week related to state violence. We hope this segment serves to expose, agitate, and build. This is the State Terror Roundup for the week of February 5th, 2024. On Tuesday of this week, Oakland got the news that Governor Gavin Newsom announced that he is sending 120. California Highway Patrol officers to the town to help with, quote-unquote, crime. A couple of things here, people. One, the California Highway Patrol is the seventh deadliest law enforcement agency in the state. This is an agency that has officers that have been caught on camera punching black women in the face on the side of highways, not once, but twice in recent times. Two, we have had CHP here before, again and again, And again, and they've made no dents in crime. What they did do, however, in 2020 was murder unarmed Eric Salgado and his unborn child. Three, in justification of his announcement, the governor pronounced that since the deployment of the six CHP officers a couple of months ago, 200 stolen vehicles have been recovered. First of all, Gavin, there isn't a researcher worth their salt that would hold up those stats or make that correlation. What's more, me wonders if it's more cops that got the cars recovered or if CHP is just doing their job description while OPD has been engaged in blue flu for the last four years. Four. Cops do not prevent crime. Repeat after me. Cops do not prevent crime. One more again for the folks in the back. Cops do not prevent crime. They respond after the fact. That means that the rapes, murders, carjackings, etc. have already happened. Five. Both Oakland and the state of California are in a budget deficit. 120 cops is going to cost millions of dollars, which means this is is our only bite at the apple my folks if we are going to spend these kinds of funds i and so many others including i'm sure most of you would much rather invest those dollars in things that actually work instead of things that make folks look good specifically elected officials look good or the masses to feel good by reading news headlines but maybe that's just me Finally, because while the data does not show that more cops means less violence, it does show that more cops mean more violence against black and brown folks. APTP is launching a police violence reporting hotline. People can call the number and either anonymously or not report incidents of state terror. If people want legal support or mental health support to deal with the impact of state violence, we will get back to you. If you just want to let us know what happens so we can track the uptick in state terror, that's fine too. The number to call is 510-213-8819. That's 510-213-8819. Source, the Anti-Police Terror Project, in my hot mouth. Yesterday marked what would have been the 37th birthday of Sandra Bland. I believe we all know who she is, but just in case... This summer will mark nine years since Bland, who lived in west suburban Naperville, was found dead in a Texas jail two days after a police officer stopped her in Prairie View, Texas, because the officer said she didn't signal before pulling over. With that stop, Bland joined a troubling list of Black people who were pulled over on a traffic stop and died as a result, including. Jerame Reed pulled over for running a stop sign in Bridgeton, New Jersey in 2014. Walter Scott pulled over because his brake light was out in North Charleston, South Carolina in 2015. Samuel Du Bois pulled over for a missing license plate, Cincinnati, Ohio, 2015. Philando Castillo pulled over because police said he had a wide set nose resembling a suspect. Falcon Heights, Minnesota, 2016. Dante Wright, pulled over for an expired registration. And, oh, yes, an air freshener hanging from his mirror. Minneapolis, Minnesota, 2021. Patrick Loya, pulled over for an improper license plate. Grand Rapids, Michigan, 2022. And we all remember, of course, Tyree D. Nichols, pulled over for reckless driving. Memphis, Tennessee, 2023. Get cops out of traffic. Ironically, it was an issue on which Sandra Bland had been laser-focused before her murder. Before she was killed, Bland had posted several videos to YouTube, mostly full of cheer and encouragement. Those of us who have seen those videos remember she started every single one of them with, good morning, my beautiful kings and queens. She also used her videos to talk about what she saw as clear racial profiling by some police. She said, quote, my white friends... Don't get upset, but I'm going to call racism whenever I see it. So for you who can say, oh, the law doesn't see color, it doesn't see color, because you ain't got no color in your skin. Over the previous decade, Bland had been stopped and ticketed several times by suburban police for various traffic violations. And in her videos, Bland seemed to anticipate that people might write off her accusations of racial profiling as simply overreacting to truly legitimate traffic tickets or maybe even playing the race card. That's where blend was coming from when she was stopped that final time in Texas on July 10th, 2015, for allegedly failing to signal, and it all may have informed her dealings with the trooper. The entire stop was recorded on the trooper's dash cam. You okay? The trooper asks her while she sits in her car a few minutes after getting pulled over. I'm waiting on you, Blend responds. You, this is your job. The trooper says, you seem irritated. I am, Bland answers, I really am, as she insists she'd pulled over just to try to get out of his way. Bland's exchange with the trooper eventually gets more heated on both sides, because what we all know is that police do not like and very rarely tolerate being challenged. I did that once. Okay, maybe more than once. But this time I'm talking about, I had a cop pull me over and then pull me out of my car so he could trash it, including breaking the dashboard, because I had a bumper sticker that said, question authority, which he referenced as he laughed and walked away. I fortunately lived, Bland did not. Ultimately, the trooper takes away her phone, pins her to the ground, cuffs her, and drives her to the jail. That's where she was found, hanged in her cell three days later. But for those who might think Land had no reason to challenge or talk back to the trooper, there was an NBC5 investigation that discovered the truth. Land, turns out, was right all along when she talked about Chicago area police officers racially profiling the people they ticketed in traffic stops. Her attitude that day with that trooper reflected her reality. How do we know? Because of a law that was passed in Illinois back in 2003. Here's a part of a radio ad released back then, which now sounds eerily familiar to Bland's encounter with the trooper in Texas. The cop, hand over your driver's license. The motorist, but officer, I wasn't speeding. Cop, don't talk back to me. Get out of the car. Motorist, but what did I do? Cop, I'll worry about that. Now open the trunk. The radio ad continues with a familiar voice. Quote, this is state Senator Barack Obama. Racial profiling is not only wrong and degrading, it's dangerous and can lead to unexpected confrontations. Not only that, it erodes confidence in law enforcement. I mean, like any of us have that anyway. Anyway, Obama continues. That's why I've introduced legislation to address the problem of racial profiling and protect you from those who would abuse your rights. Then, state Senator Obama's law passed through Springfield unanimously and created the annual Illinois Traffic Stop Study, which requires every police department in the state to keep track of the race of every person they pull over and ticket every year. The study was one of the first of its kind in the country. It requires piles of paperwork and sits, uh mainly unnoticed by the public, on a state website let's localize this now in oakland where i live black people are eight times more likely to be pulled over than their white counterparts and while oakland has built a powerful movement that pushed opd to stop using us for target practice what we don't know is how many of our folks are pulled over unjustly arrested raped or beaten hence the hotline i mentioned earlier source nbc chicago christian farr and kathy smizer And ooh, you all Jesus fence to be mad. Looks like Christian Nationalists wants cops to keep killing black people. That's not very Jesus-y. A new report by Sociology of Religion revealed that individuals with stronger beliefs in Christian nationalist ideology are significantly more likely to oppose reallocating police funding to social services such as mental health, housing, and other areas. The motivation behind the study stems from an ongoing debate over the role of policing in America, particularly in the wake of high profile cases of police violence and the emergence of the defund the police movement. Born right here in Oakland, y'all. Researchers aim to explore how Christian nationalist beliefs, which intertwine Christian faith with American national identity, influence views on this issue. The backdrop of this inquiry is a criminal justice system often criticized for perpetuating racial and class hierarchies with policing at its forefront. The other thing we all need to be aware of here is how influential some of these Christian orgs are over our electives. Christian Pax gave $16,258,369 to elected officials or political candidates between 2019 and 2020. That's a lot of cheddar, people. And when we put that in the context of hot-button political issues like abortion rights, well, so much for separation of church and state. The survey we're talking about today asked participants about their stance on reducing police funding in favor of increasing support for mental health, housing, and other social services. You know, those things that actually keep us safe. Additionally, the survey measured adherence to Christian nationalist ideology through questions about the role of God and the success of the United States, the government's promotion of Christian values, and the influence of religion on the country. The analysis revealed that individuals scoring higher on the Christian nationalism index were about... 37% more likely to oppose the reallocation of police funds to social services. The finding was consistent even after controlling for a variety of factors, including political and religious orientations, demonstrating the powerful influence of Christian nationalist ideology on this issue. The study also highlighted the role of political identity with Republicans and those identifying as politically conservative, showing significant opposition to funding shifts. Shocker. However, Christian nationalism emerged as the strongest independent predictor of opposition. Interestingly, the study found no evidence to support the hypothesis that the effect of Christian nationalism on attitudes towards police funding would vary significantly across racial groups. This suggests that Christian nationalist ideology influences views on policing and social spending across the racial spectrum. Said another way, Christian nationalism is a hell of a drug, my people. Furthermore, the study showed that individuals who perceive racial inequity as a consequence of personal failings were more likely to oppose reallocating police funding, highlighting the interplay between racial ideologies and policy preferences. The study is called Christian Nationalism and Opposition to Reallocating Police Funding to Other Social Services. It was authored by Jessica Lieberman, Derek Lehman, and Atsuko Kawakami. This has been the State Tour Roundup for the week of February 5th, 2024. State Tour Roundup soundtrack provided by Coffee Brown, an Oakland musician, singer, and songwriter who has been a force in the Bay Area hip-hop scene and soul scene since the early 90s. You can check her out at kofybrown.com, and her website and socials are linked from our site at kpfa.org. Big shout-out to my producer, Jesse Strauss, for helping curate the content for this segment. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive.